Welcome to the Real Life Weight Loss Podcast, where we cut through the confusion and get down to the truth about what really works for real people when it comes to losing weight, having incredible health, and a body that you love. We believe that losing weight is really about gaining life, doing things you never thought you could, having renewed confidence, and enjoying your body more than ever. I'm your host, Corey Little. Now let's get to it. Hello, my friends. Welcome back. Today's episode is going to be a little bit off the cuff. Typically, I like to plan episodes ahead of time and make some really great notes and make sure I include everything that I want to get to. And today was really inspired by today. It was inspired by this morning uh, and something that happened to me this morning, which I'll tell you that story just a little bit later. But it, what happened to me this morning kind of was the stimulus. It gave birth, if you will, to this whole episode. And the episode is about those people. <laughs> those people. Because one of the things that I've noticed from being a fitness professional for 20 plus years, you know, a nutritionist, weight loss coach, whatever you want to call me, personal trainer, whatever, any of the above. What I've noticed is that oftentimes people that I coach, people that I work with, especially people inside my inner circle coaching group, it, come, it bubbles to the surface every now and then, and I realize that they have an idea in their mind, whether they realize it or not, and I would be willing to bet that you have this same idea, this same thought in your mind, whether you realize it or not, that those people are different from you. And what I mean by that is those fit people, those skinny people, those people who just stay in shape all the time, those people who are able to maintain their weight, and they don't ever need to lose weight. Those people, oh my gosh, like, they just don't understand what it's like for me. I mean, it's so easy for those people. The, those, those guys, those girls, man, they, they just have it so easy. I have so much stuff working against me that they don't have working against them. I mean, they just love to eat healthy. Watch, look at them. Look what they eat. They eat a spinach salad and they have a smile on their face. What's wrong with these people? I mean... They just love healthy food. I don't like that. Like, I, I, I'm, I don't like healthy foods like they do. And you know what? They don't like bad foods. And I love all the bad foods. And you know what? They have better genetics than I do. I mean, everyone in my family is overweight. And you know what? Speaking of my family, they probably weren't raised like I was. Like, I was raised in a family where everything is about food. I mean, if someone died, we ate food. If there was a celebration, we ate food. If we got together you know, just to hang out as a family. We ate food. Everything was about food and food was everything. And I bet you money those people weren't raised that way. They were probably raised in a family that taught them how to be healthy and encouraged them to eat vegetables and exercise. And that's not how my family was. So they not only have better genetics, like they probably came from an entirely different type of family. But that's not all, you know. I mean, if I'm really honest, those people probably have more money than I do. Like they're wealthy and so they can afford a trainer and they can afford like really, really healthy food because healthy food can be so expensive, you know? And, you know, they're just not as busy as me either. They're not nearly as busy as I am. So they have more time to exercise and prep their food. I mean, I'm going 90 miles an hour from when I wake up in the morning to when I go to bed. And those people just, they have a lot more free time. And you know, the other thing that really drives me nuts, like I see them working out and posting their videos on Facebook or Instagram, or like maybe I bump into them at the gym or at church and like, God, they, they're, they're never injured. Like I, I'm always hurt. 
I always get hurt when I work out or try to be active, and they're never hurt. They're never injured. I feel like I'm always in pain, like everything hurts me, my knees, my shoulders, my back. And when my back starts, stops hurting, my, my, maybe in my hips start or my feet. Oh, my gosh, my feet ache. You know, and those other people, they don't have to deal with any of that crap. You know, I mean, if uh, let me be honest. I mean, if I had if I had their life, I would be skinny, too. If I was wealthy and had, you know, the money to hire a trainer and to, you know, buy super healthy food and I had their genetics and I was raised in their family. And I mean, of course, it's easy to be healthy and lose weight if you just love to eat healthy and you don't like really bad foods. And, you know, and then you've got all this time to exercise and prep food and you're never injured. I mean, they got it made. Of course, it's easy for them. God, it's so hard for me. <laughs> now, you may agree with some of those. You may have said some of those. Maybe you've just thought some of those. But I'm willing to bet that most of you, almost anyone, and I'm not calling you out. I'm not calling you out. This is anyone who has struggled to lose weight or lost weight and gained it back. If you struggle to maintain your health and fitness, there's a really good chance you've looked at someone else and thought, man, they've got it all together. And then that little thought start, that little thought crept in right after that. They've got it all together. Man, I wish I could. Well, but you know, <laughs> like they probably got a lot better genetics. And you know what? I've said they don't eat, you know, they don't eat bad foods. They don't even like bad foods. I've seen them turn down dessert many times. And so these thoughts creep in. You may have said them out loud. You may have just thought them. And I am here today to set you straight, my friend. So just hang with me, okay? I may step on your toes just a little bit, and I apologize if I do. Well, I don't know if I apologize or not, because I'll be really nice about it. But these are things you need to hear if you want to progress forward, because all of these thoughts are misconceptions, and these misconceptions are holding you back. And I'll explain. I'm going to jump. I'm going to jump to the punchline right now. The, the reason they're holding you back, number one, is because they're not true. Number two, even if they are true, it does you no good. It's crippling to you. And then number three, comparison is a thief. And comparison's not just the thief of joy. And whether you realize it or not, when you're looking at all those other people saying how much easier they have it than you, and no wonder they're skinny, and no wonder they're in shape, you are comparing yourself to them. In comparison, as I like to say in my group, it doesn't matter which way it goes, you're a turd either way. Because if you compare yourself to someone who's better than you, well, it just makes you feel like crap. Well, there you go. You're a turd. And if you compare yourself to someone that's not doing as well as you, well, then you're still a piece of crap because you're using someone else's misfortune to make yourself feel better. <laughs> so comparison sucks. So number one, all of these misconceptions, all of these assumptions are not true. Number two, even if they are true, it does you no good. Number three, comparison is a thief. I'm going to come back to all three of those, but I want to go back through these misconceptions that I, that I just listed. All of these, well, I call them mis misconceptions, but let's just think of them as assumptions that people have, people who are trying to lose weight and get fit. I want to go through each of them because I've coached people for 20 years and I've been one of those fit, slender, in shape people for almost all my life, for pretty much my whole life. So I'm going to give you a first person perspective from this side of the table, no pun intended, and I'm going to give you examples from 20 plus years of coaching people and all of the different types of people that I've coached. So when we talk about those people and we say it's easy for those people, that is not true. Might it be a little easier for them than it is for someone else? Yeah, maybe so. But that's just life. Again, it doesn't help. It doesn't help to, I mean, we can say that. We can say, oh, okay, maybe it's a little easier for them. 
But that doesn't change your situation. All it does is just make you feel bad and like, oh, why does, why does it have to be so hard for me? So sure, maybe it's a little bit easier, but it doesn't mean it's easy. That's the first thing. Next up, this thought, I have so much stuff working against me that they don't have. That's bullcrap because you don't know their full life. You don't know the battles that they fight in their head. Oh, they're always positive. No wonder they like to work out. They're always motivated. No, that's bullcrap. You have no idea how many times they get up and go to work out when they don't want to. I was a certified trainer for over 20 years. I was a national level bodybuilder. I have a room full of trophies and a gold medal. I was a national level bodybuilder for 10 plus years. I cannot tell you how many times I absolutely dreaded my workout and had zero desire to go. I can't tell you how many times now, now that I'm not competing and I don't work out quite as much or quite as intensely, it, it, it absolutely stunned my coaching group. One, one day I got on a live video and I said, guys, just so you know, half of my workouts last week, I absolutely did not want to do. I had zero desire to do them, but I just went and did them anyway. So this whole idea that they're always positive or they're always motivated, you're looking at the exterior and whether you realize it or not, you're kind of judging them. You're, you're putting a, an assumption on them that you believe is true from what you see on the outside while you have no idea the battles they may fight in their brain, in their mind. You have no idea how many times they don't want to work out. You have no idea how many times they have other things going in life. So you may have stuff working against you. I absolutely believe that. And I'm not belittling that. I absolutely Man, I would give you a huge hug and a high five and be like, oh my gosh, you do have a lot going against you. Absolutely. But guess what? Those other people don't think just because you've got stuff working against you that they don't have stuff working against them. Next up, the whole concept that, man, they just love to eat healthy. Eh, maybe, maybe they do. But guess what? I can speak from personal experience myself. I hated vegetables. Like vegetables are the quintessential healthy thing, right? I hated vegetables. I never ate any vegetables until I was in my 20s and I forced myself to eat vegetables because I needed to do that for competition when I was competing in bodybuilding. I forced myself to eat vegetables day after day, week after week, month after month. And I would read about how healthy vegetables were and how, how helpful they were for me to get to my goals. And I forced myself to eat them. And guess what? My taste buds changed and I began to like vegetables. I trained myself to enjoy vegetables and you can do the same. You can do the same. So even if we say they love to eat healthy, nobody comes out of the womb loving broccoli. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's all about how we train ourselves. It's all about what we enjoy, what we teach ourselves to enjoy. And then right on the heels of that, we have this concept. They don't like bad foods. I've never seen them eat dessert. I don't think they like dessert. Are you crazy? Are you kidding? Bad foods? First of all, you guys know I hate that term, but when we think of quote-unquote bad foods, we think of like fried foods or dessert or pizza or, you know, whatever. Pick your, pick your thing, a bag of potato chips or candy, whatever it is, or those super high-calorie drinks from Starbucks or some other coffee shop. I've never met someone. I've been coaching people 20 years. I've never met someone that doesn't like any of those so-called bad foods. It is a lie. I absolutely love desserts. I'm Mr. Nutrition Guy. I love desserts. I, I, I could eat dessert every day. And there's some days I just want fried chicken. I would love a big fried chicken sandwich from 
from maybe Popeye's or Chick-fil-A. I want the the oil from the fried part of the chicken to run out and to get all over my fingers and on my lips. It's delicious. It's amazing. <laughs> right now you're thinking, okay, I, I tuned into a weight loss podcast and um, I'm salivating because I want, I want a sandwich. I want some fried chicken. My point is, guys, this idea that, oh, they just love to eat healthy and they don't like bad foods. Both of those are absolutely incorrect. Absolutely incorrect. They learn to like certain foods. And I guarantee you, they still love bad foods, quote unquote, bad foods, what you would call bad foods. Next up, the whole idea that they have better genetics. They have better genetics than me. I mean, everyone in my family is overweight. I'm sure everyone in their family isn't. Number one, that may not be true at all. Maybe you know their family. Maybe you don't. It could be true, but it might not be. And then the second part of it is, even if they do have better genetics, you can't change your genetics. <laughs> it, doesn't, it may make you feel better in the short term. It's like taking a painkiller. Like I'm in pain because I'm overweight and it bothers me and I want to lose weight and I see someone else who's not overweight. And rather than going, wow, it's my responsibility if I want to pursue this, if I want to be successful in this area of my life, it's my responsibility to take steps and be consistent. Instead of that, which is a more painful thought at first, but it's what truly brings results. Instead of that, the bully in your brain will twist it to go, oh, don't worry, it's okay. They've got better genetics than you, so it's easy for them. And then we go down that rabbit hole. It doesn't matter. Their genetics don't change your genetics. <laughs> so what? And then right on the heels of, oh, you know, everyone in my family is overweight, everyone in their family is not. Well, they probably weren't raised like I was. I mean, in my family, everything was all about food. Guess what, guys? In my family growing up, Everything was all about food. I was raised in the deep fried sweet tea South. Everything was full of fat or sugar. And if you ever didn't eat it, your family looked at you like you were weird. I'll never forget when I started competing and I was a senior in high school. My grandmother one time told me that she cooked with fat-free Crisco just so that I would to try to get me to eat some of the food she cooked. Everything was fried. Everything had sugar, sweet tea, Coca-Cola. Always in in the South and from feedback I've gotten from some of you, it's I think it's this way almost everywhere. You like food is love, right? Your 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 mother and your grandmother and your parents and your family, they want to see you eat. Oh, eat some more, honey. Eat some more, baby. Here, let me get you some more. Guys, that's how it was in my family. I wasn't raised going to yoga retreats and eating uh, sprouts and organic tofu. No, my family was probably a lot like yours. So that's a complete misconception. And then the next idea that, oh, well, these people, they're, you know, they have more money than me. They're wealthy, so they can afford a trainer and they can afford all that super healthy food that's so expensive. Oh, this one drives me nuts, guys. Again, maybe they, maybe they do have more money than you. Maybe they don't. I don't know. But I could give you like super amazing weight loss nutrition and weight loss foods to eat that would probably slash your grocery bill in half. It is, it does not have to be super expensive to eat healthy food. It does not at all. The problem is we convince ourselves it's that way. And then that gives us a way out. Oh, I can't afford those super healthy organic foods that blah, 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 blah. Those designer foods. Oh, I can't do it. Go buy a few cans of tuna and some broccoli and sweet potatoes and your grocery bills chopped and you 
have a wonderful, super nutritious diet. But no, Corey, that doesn't taste good. It doesn't taste good because we haven't taught ourselves to enjoy it. We haven't taught ourselves how to properly prepare it. Of course, broccoli and sweet potatoes and tuna or grilled chicken or whatever, of course that doesn't taste good. If we've been eating McDonald's every day, the $1.29 hamburger from McDonald's, of course that other stuff doesn't taste good. So whether they have more money or not, whether they can afford a trainer or not, whether they can, the whole, the whole fallacy of the healthy food costs so much more, it's just not true. And you can work out with or without a trainer. And then the next thing, they're, well, they're not nearly as busy as I am, so they have more time to exercise and, and prep food. Oh, boy. Okay, so strap in. <laughs> Here's the thing, guys. Look, everyone is busy, and being busy is a problem. It's like a problem our, our culture has created. It's almost like if you're not busy, you feel weird or you're afraid you're going to get taken advantage of. Because the minute you say, oh, I'm not that busy, Again, like you'll feel weird or you'll think, wait a minute, if I'm not busy, if I don't say I'm busy, someone's just going to fill my time. So I might as well fill my time. My challenge as a coach is to figure out how I can help people deal with the busyness and still succeed. And if I'm just brutally honest, when someone automatically is telling me how busy they've been and how busy they are, and they kind of start to use it as an excuse when it comes to like their food and, you know, working out and exercise and weight loss. This is what I sometimes want to say. Oh wow. Oh my gosh. That sounds crazy. That's that's nuts. I mean, you you seem really busy, but I got, you know, I have a question. Did the busy monster come and shove donuts in your mouth? Did he come tie you down and force you to eat hamburgers, pizza, and potato chips? And then did the busy monster threaten to kill your whole family if you got up to go exercise? <laughs> no? Okay. Okay. Well then, how about we stop our whining because everyone's busy until the busy monster jumps out of your closet? You have no excuse. Now, of course, that's not my style at all. It's incredibly rude and sarcastic, and I would never say that, but it has passed through my head more than once. And there's a certain truth that we need to bring out of that, guys, is that everyone is busy, and busyness can always be an excuse if we let it. Your genetics will always be an excuse if you let it. See, here's the thing. In actuality, like, when someone has, like, a really out of the blue, crazy, busy, crazy, stressed week. In my coaching group, we call that life-altering stress. Like, yes, there are times when it's not right to try to push for weight loss. And those moments are few and far between compared to the normal busyness of life. In the coaching group, we distinguish between life-altering stress and just basic life stress and life busyness. Because if you don't figure out how to deal with it, you'll never make progress. You'll never get the results you want. Those out of the blue things, those that life-altering stress can definitely throw a huge wrench in your gears. But that's really not the problem. The problem is, is that in this day and age of do more than the next person or you suck, because that's kind of the mentality, it's easy to use the, you know, oh, I just get way too busy or j just use busyness in general as an excuse to grease our esophagus with French fries, <laughs> milkshakes, potato chips, and all that candy and stuff like that. It's just easy to use busyness as an excuse. But what's super important to understand is that the problem isn't what we think it is. The problem isn't busyness, and it's not that those people are more or less busy than you. Too busy. Anytime we say, oh, I'm just too busy. It's just a dressed-up way of saying, this is not a priority for me. 
I'm not willing to find a way to fit this into my life right now. I don't want to start this right now. I'm scared to start because actually I'm scared to fail. So I'll use busyness as an excuse. You know what? I'd rather do other things. This is what's below the surface of too busy, guys. I'd rather do other things. You know, honestly, I really don't want to do this because let's be honest, it's not as much fun as what I'm doing now. So I'll just say I'm too busy and I'm too stressed to honestly imagine trying to do something else. I have such little space available in my life. The last thing I want to do is to fill it with diet food and miserable exercise that I dread. Well, that's because you're stuck in the old school diet mentality that so many people go to when they try to lose weight. And I don't blame you. If I had just a little bit of space in my life, I wouldn't want to do that either. But that is the wrong approach. That's an entirely different topic for an entirely different day. But guys, look, here's the thing. There will always be something else, always something to do. Always something that has to get done. Always something that pops up. Always something in the way. Always something that seems to need your immediate attention until you either prioritize or create space. For most people, these are the issues, prioritizing or creating space, because guess what? Everyone is busy. I mean, how many times do you hear someone say, honestly, you know what? My life is really relaxed. I'm not busy at all. I sleep more than 10 hours every night and wake up feeling refreshed, wondering what to do because I have so much free time on my hands. <laughs> no, because everybody is busy. <sighs> okay, so last but not least of these assumptions and misconceptions we have about those people is the idea of like pain and injuries. I mean, I always get hurt when I work out or try to be active and uh, God, those people are never injured they don't understand what it's like to be me. Everything hurts on me. My knees, my shoulders, my back, my hips, my feet. Like, they don't have to deal with any of that crap. I see them working out. They don't have to worry about that. Okay, this is what inspired this episode. I've had a lot of injuries <laughs> in the last 20 years. And one of them happened this morning. I was playing basketball as a little morning workout with some friends. And I tweaked my back. I don't know what I did, but... I injured my back, and I'm hoping and praying that it's not that bad. Walking is quite a task right now. Sitting here recording this episode, um, if you hear creaking in the background, it's because I'm pushing on my chair to try to get myself comfortable because my back is uncomfortable. But it's always fascinating to me. I never really mention my injuries in the coaching group, but I have to bring it up when someone's like, oh, I was doing so, and you've probably felt this way too. Oh, I was doing so good, and then I rolled my ankle. Oh, I was doing so good, and then I strained my calf, or oh, I, I tweaked my back, whatever the case is. I was doing so good, and then insert the injury, insert the ailment. And I get it. It's, it's super frustrating, and it's really disappointing. But here's the thing. It happens to everyone. The super fit people you see, they're probably dealing with as much pain, maybe as much pain or more than you are. Every fit, as a matter of fact, some of the people I know that handle like on a day-to-day -day basis the most pain are the really super fit people because they've worked out so much and so intensely they've beat down their body and their joints are almost worn out. Their shoulders and their ankles and knees and elbows, they just ache or they hurt and they have to get them really, really warmed up or they're always you know, trying to do some new warm-up or new stretching routine to try to get that pain to subside so they can still work out. The difference is, for them, for me, 
I'm just going to figure out some way to be active. Maybe I can't do what I've always done, but you know what? I can go for a walk. I'm not going to throw out the baby with the bathwater. I refuse to go all or nothing. I'm going to find something to do. Now, some injuries, absolutely. They are so debilitating, you can't move. I get that, totally. But I'm talking about the other injuries. Guys, over the past 20 years, I have had, sadly, multiple lower back injuries. I've had neck injuries, I tore my MCL and cracked the head of my femur. Um, I've rolled my ankle more than once. Um, and for some reason, recently, both shoulders have really been achy. And so, <laughs> like, just in random day-to-day movements. If I do any sort of upper body strength training, both shoulders ache. So, I'm a walking dumpster fire when it comes to <laughs> injuries. But my point is, is when we look at those other people, who those, whoever those other people are, and we just think, oh, they don't have this pain. Oh, they don't have to deal with this. It's just not true. And again, even if it is true, it doesn't help you. But I tell you what will help you. What helps so many times, what I see in my coaching group, when you improve your nutrition and you begin to repair and, and restore like a really healthy internal ecosystem inside your body and you lose weight and that's less weight on your knees and less weight on your back and less weight on your hips and you have that synergy of less weight combined with that healthier internal ecosystem, when you have all of that going, you will experience much less day-to-day pain. So that is helpful. But looking at them and thinking of how they're not injured or not in pain, even though you have no idea, the same way we have no idea what battles they fight with their mental health or being motivated or being positive, we don't know what's going on in their head. We also don't know what's going on in their body. They may barely, they may struggle to walk into the gym and it may take 30 or 40 minutes for them to get warmed up to the point they feel like they can even do a workout. So it doesn't help. Three takeaways, guys. Let me say them again. I'm wrapping this up. Number one, These assumptions that we have, these are misconceptions because they are not true. They are not true, number one. Number two, let's even argue they are true. Even if some of these things are true, it does you no good. It's crippling. It's like taking a short-term painkiller and hoping the problem goes away. That's not Seeing that someone else acknowledging or making a comment that someone else has better genetics than you, let's say it's true. So what? All it does is make you feel better short-term, but doesn't help you towards your goal. And then number three, comparison is the thief. Whether you realize it or not, when you make these assumptions about other people, you're comparing yourself to them. And in a way, I'm not trying to hate on you, but in a way, you're judging them. You're not giving them credit for the incredibly hard work they've put in through the years. Comparison, you're comparing, maybe kind of judging, and comparison is a thief. We've all heard the the famous quote, the famous saying, comparison is the thief of joy. It is the thief of joy and enjoyment and contentment and happiness, but that's not all. Comparison is also the thief of perspective. When you're stuck in comparison, you lose your perspective. You don't have a healthy perspective on yourself or on others or on your life in that moment. Comparison is also the thief of reality and truth. Because as I said earlier, you never really see the full picture of what you're comparing yourself to. You don't know what that person is experiencing. And then lastly, comparison, maybe worst of all, comparison is the thief of action. Because when we take that short-term painkiller, it just makes us go, oh, I'll never be successful because my genetics suck and my family didn't teach me right and I don't have enough time and I don't have enough money. And so I'm not going to, you don't think it, or excuse me, you don't say it out loud, but you think it, I'm not going to take action because why should I? I have so much going against me. And it all started because you were comparing yourself to someone. 
Comparison is the thief of joy. It's the thief of perspective. It's the thief of reality and the truth of the situation. And comparison is the thief of action. And action is the exact thing you need to get to where you want to go. My friends, the more you focus on them, whoever they are, the less time and energy you have to focus on yourself. And the only way you'll improve your lot in life, the only way you'll improve your body, the only way you'll lose weight, the only way you'll feel better, better with more energy and also feel better mentally is by putting time and energy into yourself, focusing on yourself, not on other people. So it's your choice. You can look at someone else, anyone else, and see their success as in one of two ways. You can see it as proof. Proof. Wow, look at look at them. If they did it, I can do it. You can see it that proof that your success is possible. If they did it, I can do it. Are you kidding me? They maintain a healthy weight. I can do it. That's your first option. The second option is the one that we've been discussing. You can look at someone else's success, and you can see it as, quite frankly, an excuse. An excuse to not take action. An excuse to give yourself a way out. So I encourage you to see it in the first light. I encourage you to see their success as proof of what's possible for you. See it. Be inspired and encouraged by it. And then get to work. Goodness. Okay, I'm fired up. I apologize. (laughs) Okay, guys and gals, that's it. This was a little off the cuff today. I hope it was helpful. I hope you have a wonderful day. I hope that you don't have pain. I hope that you don't have injuries. But if you do, just know it's not just you. And I hope and pray that you feel better. I hope and pray that you are able to move forward without comparison and with seeing other people's success as proof that your success is really possible. It's just right around the corner. And don't ever forget that there's so much more to you than a number. So don't let the scales dominate your day or dictate your emotions or your headspace because you're more than that. And losing weight's amazing, and I don't care where you are in the spectrum. I don't care if you're 300 pounds or 150 or 450. I don't care if you're super busy or if you have all the time in the world, (laughs) which no one says ever, or if you're wealthy or if you're struggling to get by. It doesn't matter. You can absolutely do it. You can lose weight and gain life. I believe in you. Even if you don't believe in yourself, keep coming back. I'll keep working on you. We will get you there. God bless, my friends. Have an amazing day. Bye-bye.